0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host and today in the studio we have Daniel Mateo joining us again. Welcome Daniel. G'day, Jace. How, How are you?
1: I'm really good, mate. No problem.
0: You've yeah. been uh, fairly busy uh, traveling a bit around the state lately, Daniel. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to.
1: Well, before I do that, I just, uh, you know, it's really wonderful uh, to, to know that, that God looks after us no matter what. Mm. Um, a couple of nights ago, uh, my, par- my car was parked out the front of my house. Somebody knocked in the um, passenger side uh, window and stole a couple of things out of my car. And uh, anyway, I went had to go very early into... Uh, uh, to just do some uh, do a visit at a school the next day, so we're going along. Me and my kids, we, we sort of said, Let, "Let's pray for this person that's that's broken into our car." So we had a prayer for him, and um, yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing what God does, you know. And so just yeah, just sort of positive about that and working out the working out the things about that at the moment. But yeah, had a good weekend. Uh, went uh, went up to uh, northwest of our of our state, and yeah, was involved in a little bit of a youth event up there. So it was good to visit. Uh, uh, our church up in Ulverston, and uh, ran in actually to one of our uh, faithful listeners, uh, whose name's David. He said that uh, he, well, he actually shared a bit of his story with me. Him and his family have been doing it a bit tough, but they've turned a bit of a corner, mm. and God's, uh, God's taking care of them in an amazing way at the moment. And uh, yeah, he said he goes out on the beach and puts in his headphones and um, spends time with the Lord, and then listens to us every morning. Is what he told me.
0: Awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dave. So, g'day, Dave. If you're out there listening.
0: It's yeah. Cool. Oh. Well, welcome to uh, to today's program, Dave, and all of our listeners. Now, uh, today, Daniel, we're going to be continuing your series, Drawing from the Well, and uh, what's the uh, the title of our program today?
1: Yeah, today we're going to talk about the Bible as prophecy, you know, I, I love this concept of the Bible as a well of truth, as a well of guidance, as a well of uh, advice and information for our hearts and lives um, in all sorts of different subjects and we've been looking at some of the different aspects of life that uh, that the Bible touches on in its teaching and uh, today, I would say this, this one, I think, is probably the most um, popular amongst uh, Seventh-day Adventists, which is, mm. you know, our church. You mm. know, we love the subject often, and, but mm. uh, it's just one of many. Mm. But, yeah, that's one of the ones we're talking about today. Yeah, last week, we were looking at the Bible as uh, Bible politics. This week, the Bible as prophecy. Uh, yeah.
0: So, if you want to go back and have a listen to the previous episodes, uh, all of the Bible as, this is our 19th uh, episode on these The Bible As series. Do, do you believe that? That yeah, sounds about right. We've done 19 of them uh, as of today. So uh, you can go back and listen to all of those on uh, Drawing from the Well. That's the program you can find on the Faith FM website or the Faith FM app. You can download the app and listen anywhere, anytime that you have a mobile data connection. Uh, reminder for our listeners, if you want to text in, if you want to share a, an experience, if you want to share a story or just ask a question or perhaps claim our free book offers, you can do that by texting in our show number 0488880891. Now, that number is for Tassie encounters. Uh, unique number. So, um, if you are listening to other Faith FM programs, make sure you write down their numbers and text in their number if they if they have other offers or whatever. So, this one is just as the encounter zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, the Bible is prophecy. We're going to be delving into that today. Um, would uh, you like to tell a story or pray before we get started? You know what? Let's uh,
1: let's have a, have a prayer, and then we'll uh, we'll rip into it, day. Eh? Sure. Yeah. Can you pray for us, mate?
0: Yeah. No worries. Oh. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, the ability to to uh, come and speak, and we pray for every listener who's listening today that uh, they gain a blessing from this program, and uh, that their relationship with you is strengthened as a result of reading some of these uh, prophecies that we're going to talk about today. We pray this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, well, so that word prophecy <coughs> is uh, an oft misunderstood word. Actually, mm. um, it
0: uh, usually when people think about prophecy, they think about prediction of the future. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually did a study with somebody the other day where we talked about the uh, the gift of of prophecy that's given and. I was saying to him, it's not always just about the future. So tell us mm. your understanding of what else it can mean.
1: Well, prophecy is, well, it's spiritual insight. It's, uh, it's communication from God, mm. you know. And so a prophet functions as an intermediary between God and people in whatever reason that is. Now, like we might think about big prophets like people that wrote books of the Bible or Moses, you know, well, who also did that. And, you know, people that, uh, I guess, had that... Had that real powerful? We, we call the the word is theod- theodicy. Which, uh, not theodicy; it's the wrong word. Theophany, sorry. Theophany, theophany—a okay. real powerful encounter with God, where He's spoken in a you know really tangible way. Whatever that is, it depends on the on the on the uh, book author. But uh, but also, um, individual believers can function. Uh, is it, the gift? You know, they can manifest the gift of prophecy in uh, individual circumstances. In the early church, there was a number of people that had had the gift of prophecy at different times, and God used them you know to speak to their particular situation not all of them wrote books of the Bible and uh, so prophecy sometimes can be what we in the Bible it's sometimes used the same way as how we would use the word preaching so if you read through the New testament there's, there's a couple of times when the when the you know, individual believers in the churches are prophesying and uh, it would it's kind of what we think of as being preaching today it's more preaching from the, the books of prophecy. But, uh yeah, generally it's spiritual insight from God. It can be spiritual insight into something that 's happened in the past. It can be spiritual insight into something that 's happening now or into a person's own heart or what they 're going through, what the um, inner workings of their mind and heart, and also um, predictions of the
0: future as well so and, and, and um, it can also tell me if i 'm wrong also um, be related to understanding. A piece of scripture in the way that God wants us to understand that would that be right? Yeah, well,
1: um, I, I would call that more like discernment okay. or wisdom. Yeah, yeah, which is also they're also spiritual gifts. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. But so if you if if um, God is sort of speaking through a particular piece of scripture and you can discern that that message um, or that understanding. Um, yeah, I, I've experienced this from um, I would say individuals where sometimes they'll be speaking to me, and all of a sudden, because I have got a relationship with God, I begin to hear the voice of God, mm. you know, through them, and uh, and I believe that in that sense, you know, it's not a, they're not a prophet, you know, but they're prophesying in that moment. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I understand it. So, uh, what? But when we think about. Prophecy today. We're going to particularly be talking about the Bible and its predictions about the future. So we're going to be focusing on that uh, that type of um, of prophecy and how that has um, how we understand that and how it's sort of I guess come true uh, over the last however many millennia. Mm. And uh, funnily enough, I had a weird experience when I was a kid uh, where I uh, I thought for a moment maybe that when I grew up I was going to be a prophet because mm. uh, I had a dream. I was maybe about twelve or thirteen years old. And I had a dream that we were going to get a brand new grey kitten, right, mm. And uh, in our family. And that hadn't been discussed before. No, no, right? it wasn't discussed. No, my, my parents worked at a um, psychiatric hospital called Bailey Henderson in Toowoomba in South Queensland. And there was quite a number of stray cats that used to, in that, I don't know what's going on with the now, but the stray cats used to roam around the campus and they would uh, breed. And one day, um, my parents came home with a uh, ginger kitten. And I thought, what? You know, this was within a couple of days of the dream. I thought, man, I, gr- I dream we were going to have a kitten and we got a, a kitten, you know, this is amazing. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, that, we, that kitten, um, somebody else took it away and we gave it to them and we got a grey one.
0: Wow. And I thought,
1: what? My dream has come true, you know. And I thought, man, maybe, maybe this is what the Bible's talking about. But uh, I have to say that that's probably the only time that that's happened. But I have actually, funnily enough, I met... Somebody that claimed to be a prophet one time, and it was very interesting. Um, so I was attending a Pentecostal church at the time. I was in, I was a teenager, and uh, some friends from school had asked me to go along to a, to a particular um, church that they attended. And one day they, they told all the young people that were there were having a sort of like an evening meeting. We're going to have a prophet come to visit us tonight. So, they got all of the young people all lined up into rows and this person came and there was like, you know, a lot of music and stuff and people were pretty excited about it. And anyway, so he went from person to person, um, giving them like a pronouncement or a prophecy about their life. And uh, I was watching him, you know, because I, I watch people as they're communicating. And I figured out that he was doing something called cold reading, where he was sort of looking and observing the person and identifying things about them and then he'd say stuff based on that, you know, if there was a mechanic you know, he might have had dirty hands or whatever and, uh, and they'd say, oh, you know, I can see that you're working in this industry and they're, wow, how did he know that, you know, mm. and, um, and then he would say something kind of generic and, but spiritual sounding and, uh, and by the time he got around to me, I wasn't very impressed, you know, I could, I could see that this was something that was self-generated. So, I, um, so I, I think it's important for us to be um, guarded in the way that we approach people that claim to have gifts like this. You know, we ought to be prayerful and the mm. Bible actually teaches us to, to prove all things and hold fast to that, which is good. We're supposed to use our brains, you know.
0: I remember um, just briefly before we go to a break, uh, before the uh, US elections uh, in 2020, there mm. were prophets on YouTube claiming, you know, that there was this going to be this red sweep all across America and uh, that Trump was going to win and what have you. And of course, that didn't uh, come... come True. So um, interesting how many people have claimed to have this gift. Um, But I guess the test is in the part of the test is in the uh, evidence of whether or not um, they are true or not. And after the break, I think we'll have to get into something that Jesus predicted and uh, that came true. So, yeah, Mm. we've got a question for you this morning. Have you ever dreamed something would happen before it happened? Uh, A little bit like uh, Daniel's dream. Daniel Mateo sitting next to me. <laughs> not the, uh, not Daniel of the Bible. But the have kitten. you ever. Yes, the dream of the, the, prophetic the
1: kitten. prophetic kitten. <laughs> uh, text us in
0: 0488 880 891. This is King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey.
2: In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. Till so from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt. Spirit Three in one God of glory Majesty Praise forever To the King of kings To reveal the kingdom coming And to reconcile was moved for good for the lamb and conquered death by his blood
0: to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Mateo on the topic of the Bible as prophecy. Now Daniel it's time to get into scripture this morning and to read some of the verses that uh, you've chosen today and we, we've, we yesterday we studied uh, the book of Daniel chapter 2 with uh, Peter Watts and you promised that we wouldn't be focusing too much on that so you've You've got some other passages. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that I love about Jesus in the
1: Bible is his, his accuracy as a prophet. Mm. And, you know, he spends a fair bit of time um, making prophetic predictions uh, uh, throughout the Gospels. Um, interestingly enough, he made some quite accurate ones about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Mm. Uh, these, Some of these... Um, prof- prophecies are actually questioned by uh, by scholars that say well you know because it's so accurate it must not have happened you know the, you know he must not have really said that that must have been the authors that i guess put that in but you really can't get away from mark mark wrote his um, his gospel first and he wrote down Peter's story mm. and he was the first one to, to write this prophecy, uh, put it to paper, even though he didn't directly witness it, he got it from Peter, but uh, he was the first one to put it to paper. Luke and Matthew later on wrote the same story after the destruction of the city. and And the evidence of this is actually that um, the Christian community in Jerusalem was saved as a result of Jesus' prophecy. So, mm. would you like to read Mark chapter 13, verse 1 to 2? And also, we're going to skip down to verse 14 as well, if that's
0: okay. It says, As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? Jesus replied, Not one stone here will be left on another, every one will be thrown down and then verse 14 says when you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong let the reader understand and let those who are in judea flee to the mountains
1: yeah nice so there's a prediction there that um that this this temple in jerusalem which is you know the uh, renovated by by herod and was a beautiful a wonder of the ancient world one of the seven wonders um that uh, Jesus says this thing's going to be destroyed. And he even says, he says not one stone will be left upon another. Mm. Everyone will be thrown down. Well, some people ask me when, I so sometimes I do Bible studies on this subject, and they say, well, what about the wailing wall? You know, Jews go there to pray, and isn't that a section of the temple? It's part of the... F- the foundational wall, isn't it? Is so, it right? so you had the main temple area, and then because there were so many people who were coming to worship, Herod had constructed this massive, like, outer area that right. wasn't part of the temple proper. Mm. And uh, and that is a little bit of the foundation of one of the far walls, and, mm. and so it really wasn't related to the temple itself, even though people would congregate there for worship and stuff. Mm. So, so that's a, there's a little bit of that left, but for the rest of it, not even one stone left upon another. The Romans um, pulled everything down. And uh, but when the armies came to encircle the city, they actually, uh, the, you know, the the general got uh, got distracted by a, by a crisis that was happening elsewhere. So when the when the Christians that were there in Jerusalem saw that encirclement happen, and then he saw those armies, they saw those armies being removed. They, they, they took off. Mm. They fled to a place called Pella. We call it Pella of the Refuge. And I um actually emailed a, a scholar uh, here in the. University here at Hobart was able to give me some information about that. He'd been involved in, in some of that, and uh, yeah, there seems to be evidence that uh, there was a Christian community there. They took off from Jerusalem as a result of this prophecy. So, is
0: this what this abomination that causes desolation? Is that uh, what you're referring to there? Um, well, it's definitely um, a sense of uh, of
1: uh, the the you know the the Roman power, mm. you know, being there. Being present in the Holy Land, you mm. know that sense, and that's what they took as being the being the. I don't think it's the final fulfilment of that, but that's at least how they understood it, and I think that was a dimension of Jesus' prophecy in that moment.
0: Yeah. Mm. I think I've I've uh, heard that described before, whereas when were they they understood it at that time, as when the Romans surrounded mm. the city. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, so. It, you know what, Um, I might be able to tell you that I
1: can have a dream about getting a kitten and it comes true and you might believe that or not believe it. But when a whole community of people is saved as a result of a very, very direct and clear prophecy, you know, Mm. I'm starting to take this guy Jesus pretty serious now. You Mm. know what I mean? That he Mm. he can predict things are going to happen before they happen and they happen the way that that he predicts. Yeah. So
0: Now this uh, particular prophecy is also reflected in Matthew 24 and uh, it's also intermingled with uh, a future prophecy as well, I believe, isn't it? It's a little bit hard to understand when you read it first up, but um, I, I've, I've done a bit of study into it and now I understand that it's actually two prophecies in mm, one mm. talking about the 70 AD uh, destruction of Jerusalem and the future.
1: Yeah, well, what's really wonderful um, about all biblical prophets is that well, throughout the old te- throughout the Old Testament tradition, you know that these uh, these prophecies are multi-dimensional. Mm. You know that there's that. Um, I picture it like this. You know, sometimes when you look at a um at a you look at a mountain range, you think, look, man, there is a big there is one big mountain. And when I go and try and climb that thing, when I actually get to it, there's like ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Yeah. And I find this is actually three or four mountains I'm getting mm. over here. Well, in that way, often the prophet, the way that he destri- describes events in the Old and the New Testament is he's looking at that one mountain range but then when you actually get to the event it it has you as the, as the events are actually fulfilled, they're, they're, you know, they apply to different, uh, different, I guess, different eras also. So, yeah. But anyway, there's a direct fulfillment there. Mm. You know, so, the Bible predicting things before it happens and then them taking place historically. Yeah, really amazing. Mm. I, I love another little line. We're only just looking sort of just a few little things today, but there's a great little line in Daniel 12.4 that, uh, that seems to predict our age in a
0: fair bit of, um, with a fair bit of accuracy. Would you like to read that, please? Yeah, this is Daniel 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, roll up the seal, sorry, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Mm, yeah, I love the way that the King James um, puts it
1: also. It says, many will run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. There's, mm. a, there's a sense as, um, as we get closer to this um, this great mm-hmm. moment in the last days of Earth's history, that the Bible points to this culmination of history, that there is an increase of
0: um, I activity, guess,
1: activity, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like hustle, bustle, the speed of, of life and of um,
0: communication and travel,
1: yeah, and mm. but also that uh, that you know knowledge, this this rapid increase in knowledge, not just about uh, the prophetic books, but you know generally as well. So you've got uh, you if we look back over the last sort of 50 years or something this rapid increase in um, in knowledge and uh, you know with the coming of the internet and so forth and and all of that so know, do
0: you think that this uh, technology this little prophecy here um, connecting it to the ceiling the book of until the end of time do you think the uh, many shall run to and fro and the knowledge shall increase is indicating that when we see this, it is getting towards the end. <laughs> well,
1: definitely, and and the, the the book that's shut up and sealed in Daniel is unsealed in Revelation, mm. and that's uh, well, one of the themes in the book of Revelation that there's a it's a revealing, it's an opening up. Mm. Yeah, so so just just but just interesting little prophecies there, little things that the, how could the prophecy the prophet have have known these things? You mm. know, sort of 1500 years before the fact. But yeah, another another one here is in Isaiah 13 verse 17 to
0: 20. It says, See, I will stir up against them the Medes, who do not care for silver and have no delight in gold. Their bows will strike down the young men. They will have no mercy on infants, nor will they look with compassion on children. Babylon, the jewel of kingdoms, and pride and glory of the Babylonians, will be overthrown by God, like Sodom and Gomorrah. She will never be inhabited or lived in through all generations there no nomads will pitch their tents there no shepherds will rest their flocks
1: okay a little bit uh, a little bit of a in-depth kind of prophecy here but here isaiah is predicting um through the inspiration of god that the
0: city of babylon is going to be destroyed and never rebuilt and uh, specifically mentions the Medes here. Yeah, it? that's right. Mm. So the, the Medes and it was the Medes and Persians, wasn't it? Who mm, came in after cooperated?
1: Yeah, and as we've you've been looking at Daniel, I'm sure that you've we covered that yesterday. Touched on some of that. Mm. That's right. Yeah. So here's a here's a prediction. Now, this is a really amazing thing because Babylon was was a massive centre mm. of um, politics, of economics, of military, uh, of trade, and so forth in the ancient world. It was really really important. And um, yeah, I. Maybe it's not exactly equivalent, but you might think of Rome, you know, later on uh, in history as being a similar sort of influential city in the way that it uh, that it uh, influenced the world, mm. or um or the Grecian kingdoms, and so and so Babylon is here, and not just that it's it's really beautiful, wonderfully positioned, the, the the place where it is is sort of right over the the River Euphrates. There's no reason why, even if it gets knocked down, because it was very common. Um, in the ancient world when a city was destroyed to, to just... To rebuild it. Rebuild, because yeah. they, they picked the spot because it was a good spot. Mm. Well-defendable mm. access to like, to resources like water and food and stuff. That's the reason why they picked it. And so, mm. when you go throughout like places like Israel and Jordan and stuff, what you find is everywhere there's these hills that were a settlement and they got destroyed by earthquake or war or whatever and another people came and just built on top. They didn't have um, uh, bulldozers in those days so they didn't scrape away the <laughs> the old houses. They just built on top of them mm. and they built up over time. Mm. So why would people not come? This is a really amazing prophecy and it's come true. We look back over history and we can see that Babylon, even though several have attempted, including um, Saddam Hussein actually attempted to rebuild Babylon uh, unsuccessfully. He was interrupted the first time by the first Gulf War and the second time by the second Gulf War. Um, yeah, just... This this prediction has just come th- come true in an amazing way.
0: It's quite amazing when you think about it. If you, uh, if you think of a place say like Sydney mm. and uh, somebody telling you that Sydney is going to be wiped out mm. and it's never going to be built as a city again. Yeah, just we can't imagine that.
1: It Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. but anyway this this is, mm. has come true. So we can. What I'm I'm trying to say is that Bible prophecy can be depended on. Mm. It can be depended on, and mm. so it's well worth us prophes- uh, well worth us studying as it pertains to the things that are relevant to our life now and for our future
0: yeah absolutely now remember our listener question this morning have you ever dreamed something would happen before it happened we'd love to hear from you today text us in on 0488 880 the perfect wisdom of our God this is Keith and Kristen Getty It Encounters on Faith FM and this is Daniel Mateo on Drawing from the Well. Mm-hmm. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Now, Daniel, we are continuing today our discussion on the Bible as prophecy and we've got a couple more coming up. One in Ma- Micah of the prophecy of Jesus' birth. Mm, yeah, that's right.
1: You know, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Now, was it last week? A couple of weeks ago. Whenever we uh, we introduced Daniel, when was that? Was that uh, um, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And uh, we talked a little bit about some of those time prophecies in the Book of Daniel and the fact that the uh, the wise men uh, turn up at just the right time because they've been studying the Book of Daniel and uh, and you know the coming of the Anointed One. And, uh, and there's a reason why they were heading uh, where they were heading as well. It wasn't just the, t- the right time. They had to know the right place, and they'd been studying the Bible. They'd been studying Bible prophecy. Can you read Micah chapter 5,
0: verse 2, please? Yeah, it says, But you, Bethlehem, uh, Ephratah, and so Bethlehem Ephrathah, that's a hard word, that one, <laughs> though you are small among the, the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. I love that little bit in that verse, isn't it? Whose origins are from old. How can that be? <laughs> I,
1: I, I even, I actually think it's even more accurately translated in the King James and mm-hmm. uh, New King James that says, whose whose goings forth are from of old, even from everlasting, mm-hmm. you know, which is a great uh, translation. But that idea of apathar, by the way, that's like saying um, Hobart, Tasmania, you know what I right. mean? It's like it, it identifies a larger group, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, but Bethlehem, Bethlehem means uh, in Hebrew actually means house of bread. And it was there that the bread of life, Jesus, came into the world, as we well know. The reason why um, Joseph and Mary found themselves there, some people aren't aware, is not because they lived there, but rather because just a little while before Mary
0: was due to give birth, it's a census was
1: that right? There was a census. Yeah, mm. the Caesar issued a census, and Joseph had to return back to his place of birth in order to register, and uh, so they find themselves here in Bethlehem, fulfilling this, you know, this prophecy that had been made hundreds of years before, that uh, that this anointed king uh, would come and uh, and be born into the world in Bethlehem.
0: It's interesting, these days, the census people come to us, we don't go to them. (laughs) (laughs) But in those days, they had to go to their hometown, is that right? That's right, yeah, Yeah,
1: the the place of ancestry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, interesting little thing. But, you know, there are so many prophecies throughout the Old Testament, Pointing to Jesus, that if you put them all together, it's just absolutely incontrovertible that mm. uh, that He is the the Messiah that's that's to come in the old. There's just so many details of His life mm. uh, that were alluded to. Uh, what, one of the chapter, or well, two of the chapters that I like the most on the subject is Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22. In, um, in Isaiah 53, it actually kind of predicts or points forward to this idea of a suffering servant. And, mm. um, and it actually tells us some interesting things about this Messiah. He says in verse 2, He had no beauty or majesty majesty to attract us to Him. So, we find out that the Messiah wasn't to be a physically attractive person, but rather a spiritually and, and intellectually attractive person. Mm. It says in verse 3, though, He was despised and rejected by man, a man of suffering, familiar with pain... And in verse 4, it says, He took up our pain, He bore our suffering. We considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. Verse 5, look at this. He was pierced for our transgressions. Mm, He was pierced. Did you know that uh, crucifixion uh, wasn't even used... uh, sort of as a method of execution in the time when this prophecy was written mm. you know there was something that was invented by the Assyrians sort of a, well a little after this time and then it was adopted by the Romans because it worked so well in dissuading people from disobeying them mm. and so they adopted it but it wasn't common and and definitely wasn't that well known for the Hebrew people the Hebrew people when they put the people to death when they, um, when they executed them which executions happened everywhere in the ancient world and different cultures had different methods but the Hebrews would stone mm. And uh, and so they, but this idea of he is pierced for our transgressions, he is crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Another translation says, by his stripes we are healed. There's a sense that he's going to be whipped and beaten. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, it was uh, amazing predictions there. And the chapter goes on, but um, but amazing. And would you like to um, pull up Psalm 22 as well? Would that yeah. be okay? Because here we've got a similar kind of uh, set of circumstances where Jesus, what we call his passion, is predicted. And uh, what's interesting is that Jesus, when he was on the cross, actually quoted from Psalm twenty-two verse one. Yeah, did you know that?
0: Was that the uh, "My God, My God, why have you the forsaken me"? Yeah, you
1: got it. My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? When when Jesus himself felt that he had been uh, forsaken by the Father, mm. he cries out and he and he cries out the words of uh, of Psalm twenty-two and uh as we go down the chapter we can um, we can find uh, in verse 6 oh, actually we'll start in verse 7 it says all who see me mock me they hurl insults shaking their heads he trusts in the lord they say let the lord rescue him let him deliver him since he delights in him, when you read the story of the cross, we find that the bystanders were mocking him and calling him to come down yeah. from the cross.
0: If you're if you're the yeah. Messiah, save yourself.
1: You got it. Yeah, yeah. direct fulfillment. Of, like, mm. Very specific. Yeah, mm. and uh, and there's uh, there's other um, pro- uh, other aspects of this prophecy as well. Starting in verse twelve, it says, "Many bulls surround me; strong bulls of Bashan encircle me." That's a reference to the wild cattle that live along the Golan Heights there. Says so roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water. So the the picture of lions and bulls is this idea of angry people and and even I think probably Satan's angels surrounding him and attacking him as he's going to the cross. Mm. And uh, and uh, and uh, verse sixteen, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. That's
0: just so specific, isn't mm. it? Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's actually a number of prophecies in the Old Testament that reference his piercing, mm. you know. But uh, but very very interesting,
0: very specific stuff. I, I had heard, but I'm not sure that this is true. But uh, I had heard that one of the uh, methods of crucifixion on a cross wasn't to to pierce with nails, but to actually bind them with ropes. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, certainly we know Jesus was was nailed. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: From what I can tell, like, uh, I think, like, when you see movie depictions of it, Mm. they always have the... have the thieves that were crucified on either side of Jesus? They they're always tied up, yeah. And the and Jesus is always nailed. And you mm. might not wonder why that might be. I don't, I don't think that that's accurate. That's not necessarily yeah. accurate. Yeah. I, from I think there's some archaeological finds of uh, cruci- of crucifixion victims, and they have nails. Mm. They they do look a little different. I think that the cross would have looked a little different to the way that we I guess see it painted. For one thing, it wouldn't have been so tall, mm-hmm. um, because wood you know cut wood was very valuable in. The those days. And also, um, they wanted, as people were walking in and out of the gates of Jerusalem, the whole point of people being crucified there was so that you were encouraged not to disobey Rome. So, they wanted people to be able to look at those being crucified at eye level. Hmm. And so, they would tuck their knees sort of right up high when they when they nailed their uh, nailed their feet to the cross. And so, hmm. as a result, you'd be looking in the eyes of the people that were dying. And uh, it was usually a long process. I think what made Jesus death unusual. And the reason why the soldiers were so surprised when he died was not because, um, you know, because like everyone was nailed, I think. I think the the difference was that he died so quickly Mm. where normally it was a a process that uh, that took several days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Terrible. But this takes us to, I guess, the center of all Bible prophecy. And this this is really what I have to offer our listeners today and what I hope that um, you'll get out of it, you know, if you, if you don't get anything else. And that is the center of Bible prophecy is always Jesus. Mm. Whether we're talking about prophecies about the past, prophecies about the present, prophecy about the future, insight into our own spiritual life, however it is that the Bible is speaking to us prophetically, um, it's always about Jesus mm. primarily. And, um, and we get that in the, the introduction, the prologue of the book of Revelation is going to distill for us all of the key issues that we need to understand in order to study Bible prophecy. And so we're going we're to have a quick look at that. Would you like to read Revelation
0: chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, please? It says, The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near.
1: Mm. And we'll comment about that after the break.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, now our book offer for today, free book offer, Decoding Bible Prophecy. This is by Ron Clauset. This is an age of uncertainty, major natural disasters in country after country, an uncertain global economy, and political upheaval everywhere tells thinking persons that something major is on the horizon. Futurists and prophets everywhere of every stripe fail us at every turn, but God has provided help in our hour of need. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. That's a quote from Amos chapter 3 verse 7. This book is about understanding what those Bible prophets said, especially apocalyptic prophets such as Daniel and John the Revelator. It is about knowing how to read those prophecies and make sense of some difficult passages in the Bible. You will learn the principles of interpretation, uh, the meaning of a number of apocalyptic symbols and important hints regarding the major time prophecies of the Bible this is our free book offer today we'd love you to get a copy and uh, we'll give you the code right after the break so stay tuned but this is Speak O Lord by Keith and Kristen Getty
2: Speak O Lord we come to you to receive right. the food
0: of so I'm going to your talk over the last 23
2: seconds of this. take your truth planted deep in us shape and fashion us in might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes. with your glory
0: You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and before the break we were going to give you uh, the code I promised to give you the code for our book offer today and that book offer is called Decoding Bible Prophecy There are many prophecies in the Bible which are not Intrinsically simple to understand mm-hmm. and uh, require some uh, good study to understand. So, this book helps you along that journey, and we've got eight copies of this book to give away today. So, do text in this code, draw number 19, no spaces, draw 19, no spaces. Text it into 048880891 to claim your free copy of Decoding Bible Prophecy by Ron Clauset. Now, Daniel, before the break, we read from the New International Version the first few verses of Revelation. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're saying that some of the words are translated a little bit differently, and it's good to read it in other translations, and it's the New always, King James... Uh... It's always good to do comparative study. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. go on. Uh, the New King James has some different words, so mm-hmm. you're going to uh, point out some of those things. Yeah,
1: that's mm-hmm. fine. Well, the thing I love about Revelation chapter 1, uh, verse 1 to 3, and also 19, is that right at the begin beginning of the book of Revelation, the prophet... Articulates. He distills. He brings together the principles that we need in order to understand Bible prophecy in a way that is balanced and, and accurate to the intent of the author and of the Holy Spirit, I think. Okay, so, some principles here. The first one is it says the revelation, which means revelation, that you can actually understand it. Some mm. people say, well, when it comes to Bible prophecy, it's also t- too hard to understand it's been hidden. No, no, no. This is a revelation. Mm. Okay, so... So you know, God wants us to understand. The word in Greek is apocalypse, which means you know something that's unhidden. When you go from go to you know something's hidden, and then it, it's uh, it's made known. So that's what the what it means. The second thing is, is it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And we have to always understand when we study Bible prophecy that the center of it is Jesus, the mm. gospel, the cross, his love for us. If we are coming to Bible prophecy and we're not taking away that, that as a central message, we've misunderstood it. And so many people study Bible prophecy trying to figure out about the Antichrist, trying to figure out about, um, you know, political things or scary stuff or conspiracy theories If we're coming to it wanting to find that stuff in it, I'm sure that there's always elements of those sorts of things there, but the center of the message has to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we have actually misunderstood the prophecy. The second thing is we find that it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, that's us, so we're meant to understand, things which must shortly take place. Okay, so the book of Revelation particularly um, talks about things that begin to unfold after John's time. So, it has to do with the, f- the future and then for us, historical. Mm. And he sent and signified it, it says. He signified it. The word in Greek is semaion and it means a symbol. And so, the Bi- we have to understand about Bible prophecy that this these things are not literally true. They are symbolically true when it comes to prophecy in particular. Now, I believe the Gospels are literally true in the sense of the stories of Jesus and that. But when it comes to Bible prophecy... They are not literally true. They're symbolically true. So, when you read Revelation 13, there's really not an actual beast that comes up out of the water and all of that, you know, Mm. this Mm. is, uh, they are symbols, they're representations of other things. Mm. So, how do we understand that? It says, he signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God. And so, that tells us where we find, where we go to find the meanings of these symbols. And that is the rest of the Bible, the word of God has, contains within it. Uh, the the meanings of these symbols and to the testimony of Jesus Christ the, the text goes on to say and to all things that he saw blessed is he who reads and hears the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near so it's important for us to not just study these things for intellectual reasons or because we're interested but actually in order to do what God is asking us to do and would you like to just scroll down to verse 19 for me In verse 19, it tells us exactly where to put our understanding of Bible prophecy. It It,
0: says, Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, it says, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. So many
1: people, when they read Bible prophecy, they'll make one of two errors. They'll say, oh, all of that stuff happened right back, you know, in the dis- disciples' day, and it's got no relevance for us today. Mm. Or they'll, on the other side of it, they'll say, oh, all of it's so f- far in the future, or they'll say it's after the rapture, or whatever. They'll say it's, it's in the future. It's not applicable to us today. It doesn't matter. But Jesus says, of particularly of the book of Revelation, that these things have to do with things you have seen, and the things which are, and the things that will take place after this. Now, he was speaking to John. So, for John, it's got to do with his past, his present, and his future. And so, we would call that a historical or historicist approach to understanding Bible prophecy. These things are being fulfilled... Uh, as history unfolds. And so mm. for us, living in the last days, we can look back at those fulfillments, but also forward as well. There's a few things left to happen for sure. And so that those give us the principles for understanding these things. And when we do this, we can come to the Bible and, um, and it can be unlocked before
0: us. So I've got a question for you, Daniel, in terms of this symbolism in uh, Revelation. Um, you said that uh, Revelation is a book of symbols a symbolic mm. um, well a lot of Bi- a lot of Bible prophecy is, but yeah, yeah revelation specifically in particular, talking about itself yeah my question is is there anything in revelation that 's literal and how how do we know the difference
1: <laughs> good question um, all right, so just scroll up a little bit I know we don 't have a huge amount of time, but uh, this is the very very first um, symbols in revelation where you can sort of cut your teeth on understanding whether or not you kind of get and can interpret the symbols, okay? All right. So, in verse uh, 5, it says, And Jesus Christ, the faithful witness... This is Revelation 1. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Okay. Mm. Now, if you're a Christian...
0: We know you, that we 're not washed in his blood,
1: yeah, you understand yeah. everything that I just said, yes, you, yeah. you understand it, and the reason is you 're familiar with the Gospels
0: and the terms
1: and the symbols that are used yeah, throughout, the um, throughout the Old Testament yeah. and also the the epistles of mm-hmm. uh, right, but if you 're not a Christian and you haven't you don't understand the gospel you're like what what's this washing in a blood yeah, what's this you know this, exactly. is, this sounds crazy, yeah. and that is a microcosm of all of bible prophecy. it mm. makes sense when you when you're in a love relationship with God and you 're reading scripture and you 're allowing scripture to wash over. Your heart and mind, and form your and, and form your thoughts. The more you do that, the more the symbols in Revelation and, and Bible prophecy generally will open up before you. Mm. But if you're not, um, if you're not doing that, you know, then those things will be more mysterious. Okay. Yeah. So, have you got any other key points to take away today? Oh, uh, look. You know, uh, it's just, just that it's such a blessing to know that we serve a real God that steps into history and makes predictions what for our good, you know, to, to guide and to direct our life. The first time in my life that I ever read the book of Revelation and started to study Bible prophecy, the book of Daniel and, and uh, Ezekiel, you know, some of those other ones, it was very, very strange to me indeed, you mm. know, very strange. But, you know, over, over the last, let me see, I'm 39 now, I started reading these things when I was about 16. Uh, over the, the 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 last few decades as i my understanding of god my my spiritual experience with jesus my knowledge of scripture has grown these things have opened up before me, and it's such a blessing. Every time the Lord reveals to me a new aha moment, it's like, wow, he really does love me. He really is guiding. Mm. And um, and I just want to really recommend that, and that experience. And doesn't,
0: that doesn't always happen in the first reading. Absolutely. You've so, got to hang on. But yeah. that's
1: what Jesus wants. He doesn't want us to just get it all, you know. Mm. And sometimes, you know, I think maybe with our book giveaways, we hand people too much because Jesus wants us to walk with him over the lifetime, yeah. you
0: know, and keep keep, and, uh, keep, keep discovering. Yeah, yeah. yeah for mm. sure. Well, we've run out of time. Um, Next week, what's your topic for next week? The the Bible as morality. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, (laughs) next week, the Bible as morality. You
1: know, uh, a lot of people say to me, oh, the Bible, it's just a book of morality just a book of morality you no, know you not know at all well it's not just that but it is that actually yeah as it well. is,
0: but, but uh, mm. not just that because not of course that. it's a book about jesus who uh, it's about salvation really isn't
1: absolutely it? but yeah. it does ha- it does put in place a system of morality for us and we'll be talking about that next time and not just that that is an amazing thing it's very
0: difficult actually to come up with a cohesive morality so we'll talk about that next time. Join us tomorrow with David Maxwell, Assisting the Afflicted. Mm. Remember, our Bible uh, decoding Bible prophecy code today is DRAW19. Have a great day. This is Ellie Holcomb with We've Got This Hope.
2: We've got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the Living within, we've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking, even when our souls are shaking, oh, oh, oh we've got this hope.